Hello, my friend. You're listening to Typod episode number five. And good goodness, I am so excited for this episode because you are finally going to meet Alexis J, aka Financially Brave. Can I tell you about her just for a second? I really feel like this is my friend from such a long time ago, and I've got to brag on her, even though, full disclosure, we're like IG friends, which is real friends, right? Okay. Anyways, Alexis J is a self-taught financial enthusiast who offers a unique approach to saving money and building wealth. So she founded Financially Brave, which was started in early 2019, where she empowers ordinary people to achieve extraordinary financial growth through a combination of budgeting, financial literacy, and emotional and behavioral management. She received her BA in business with a minor in Spanish. And when she's not coaching within the financial community, you can find her snuggling up her adorable multi-poo berry, reading, learning, and traveling to new places. So I've just got to brag on my girl a little bit because it's been some time since we actually recorded this episode and she has just experienced some of the most beautiful growth I have seen. So in addition to her full-time coaching business, she also just launched an online program and is preparing to host a summit next month. So if you haven't connected with her yet, after you hear this episode, I'm pretty sure you're going to want to do so. So let's dive in. Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to TyPod, a podcast crafted by Tiana Ty to help you purify your purpose in business, love, and life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, dog mom, or just getting started, you're bound to find value as Tiana dives into meaningful topics each episode. So settle in, turn up the volume, and welcome your host, Tiana Ty. Okay. Can you share a little bit about your background? Like, where are you from? And what do you think people should know about you? Yeah. um, My name is Alexis, and I grew up in the Los Angeles area. And I lived there up until I was about 17 years old. um, And I left for school to San Francisco at that time. Um, And I've been here ever since. I absolutely love San Francisco. Um, I'm a huge finance enthusiast. I enjoy sharing my knowledge of wealth building to people across the world through my social media channels. Um, And I do it as an entrepreneur, as the founder of Financially Brave, but I also work in a wealth management firm. And so on top of that, you'll catch me ice skating on my free time, um, hanging out with my adorable Malty Poo Berry and traveling any chance I get. The list goes on and on. Wow. So I do have to say, you know, I'm I'm not new to Alexis J. So I have seen your social media presence and that's kind of what led us to being here right now. Um, and I'm curious for you, what is the path that has led you to becoming, you know, a financial coach? Because you're doing so well, I feel like making bite-sized teachings on social media and kind of sharing knowledge that way. But I know that you are a full-blown coach as well. Yes. Um, so I grew up in a low to middle income household. And after I graduated from school in San Francisco, it was important for me to be able to find a way to support myself. Because if you are not aware, San Francisco is an extremely expensive city. And so I ended up taking on a job that I loved at that point in time. Um, because it was my first step into the real world working corporate, but I was absolutely miserable. And um, my boss was not, he was not a pleasant individual to be around. And I needed a way to leave, but I didn't have any money to 
to do that. I didn't have anything saved. I wasn't preparing for my future. And so um, that it was at that point in time that I knew that I needed to step out of um, my current situation and begin learning how to invest and budget my money. And so I started researching. I went to seminars. I was reading a lot of books. And at that point in time, I developed my own skills and ideas of what it was like to build wealth and to be a successfully, you know, a financially successful person. And that is how that door was opened to me as becoming a financial coach. Oh, wow. So that's, I think that's a piece of your story that I didn't actually know that much about. So you, to some extent, were kind of self-taught. You took it under, you know, your own wing to go and learn this information. Did I hear that right? Correct. Absolutely. That's amazing. So I would, I actually have a follow-up question. So given that you went to, you know, the seminars and read the books, what was kind of the theme that stuck out to you? Well, that's, that's a really great question. Um, the theme that stood up that stood out to me the most was the fact that wealth building is not nearly as complicated as society deems it to be. Hmm. Um, it's actually quite simple, and it really just boils down to successful money management and not necessarily your knowledge of the you know the investment world. It's not about knowing the nitty gritty details. And you know, as somebody who um, I. I personally think that I'm extremely responsible with my money, Mm -hmm. but I will say when I think about, you know, building wealth and, you know, kind of creating that generational platform for the rest of my family, I automatically get very overwhelmed because I'm Mm -hmm. like, I am not an investor. Like, you know, all the questions, what is Bitcoin? How do I invest in this? What's Ethereum? Like, do I need to do these things? Can I just save the normal way? So I get you. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. Um, so that was really pleasant to learn that it actually wasn't, you know, as complicated as I had as I had thought it to be. Mm-hmm. And you think that is yeah. something that a lot of people misunderstand about what it Absolutely. means to build wealth? Absolutely. Um, people are so intimidated by the terminology that's circulating, you know, the financial world or on the internet, and you just simply don't need to know all of that in order to take advantage of the stock market and do very well. Okay. So you bring up the stock market. So is that one Mm -hmm. of the main topics that you educate on? And then if there are more, you know, let us know. Yeah. Um, The stock market is the main sort of topic that I educate people on, namely how it connects to index funds and how index funds tie into wealth building. Okay. So break it down for me. What is an index fund? (laughs) (laughs) So an index fund is essentially an account that you can have different securities in. So security could be like a stock or a bond. And there's a few other uh, types of securities out in the world, but these are like the most common ones that people have in their index funds. And so these funds have, um, depending on your age and depending on your risk tolerance, which I'll get into in a little bit, um, you can divide your portfolio up accordingly between stocks and bonds. And over time, this portfolio grows according to the growth in the stock market, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So what else, what other topics did you, do you educate on? Um, I educate on behavioral management and how that plays a huge role into being a budgeter. And so a lot of people are very fixated on the knowledge of the stock market and the knowledge of index funds and how, um, and you know, how they work. And I do think that is important for people to understand. But more than that, the question is, how do you get money 
into those accounts, right? Because you can know what an index fund is, but if you're not actively making money or putting it where you're supposed to be putting it, that is the question that we should be answering. And so I work a lot extensively on, you know, developing the behaviors and the mindset and the attitude that you need to have in order to be a strong investor. Okay. So can you share with us, what does it look like to be a strong investor? What are the things that we should be doing behaviorally as you described it? Right. Um, you have to focus on what I call the four virtues of financial management, which are, you know, commitment, courage, gratitude, and patience. When you have mastered those qualities as an investor, as a person, um, you would do very well in the stock market. And the reason why you need those four qualities is because commitment really, commitment is the foundation to being successful in really anything, right? Not just as an investor, but also as um, as a person, as an, as an entrepreneur, if you want to do something to become, if you want to become better at something, it's important that you have committed to that journey. Um, and then aside from commitment, you need the courage because a lot of us have the, um, the innate, the innate response to run away from our student debt, to run away <laughs> from our auto loans. We don't want to necessarily face the music and you know what I mean? And look and look at what, at what is owed, what we owe to the government, what we owe to friends, what we owe to family. And so you have to develop that ability to sit down and actually lay out what you owe and and figure that out. Once you master courage, it's important that you move over to gratitude. And the reason why gratitude is so vital in this process as an investor is because a lot of people struggle with spending poorly. And so when you are in a state of gratitude and you're able to really hone in on what you're thankful for, you're really able to, you know, meditate or read lots of books from people who are, you know, have been on the journey that you're on now, you're able to kind of take up that space of gratitude and it keeps you from spending poorly. It keeps you from, um, getting off track in your wealth building journey. So it's it's completely undervalued in this process, but I would recommend that anybody who is serious about investing really hones in on the essence of gratitude. You know what? I, I'm going to jump in here because you just gave me one of those light bulb moments. Like it was like, ding, ding, ding. Um, because I, I started up a gratitude practice. Um, I think it was my sophomore year in undergraduate, in my undergrad program, mm -hmm. because I took a happiness, the, the psychology of happiness course my sophomore year. Okay. And she had to start a gratitude journal. And what I will say is maybe this also just comes with the fact that I was a sophomore and immature, so I was still developing in that way. But once right. I started a daily practice of gratitude, I have just found that naturally, you know, when it comes to shopping and getting all the things and, you know, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for your birthday? I want so much less than I can ever remember mm. ever since I started a gratitude practice because... I feel like my natural default these days is, oh, you know, I have what I need. So if there's nothing that I right. need, you know, everything is a nice to have, but I don't need anything. So I'm just way less inclined to, you know, do too, way too much Internet shopping or like go on big splurges unless there's actually an event right. these days. So is that what you're talking yeah. about? Absolutely. Um, it's the same sort of thing happened for me once I realized how gratitude played a role in my own wealth building journey. I mean, I tossed like half of the clothes in my closet and I've just been recycling the same outfits <laughs> like on, on a rather like, you know, a weekly basis. And the thing is, is when you are in that space, not only does it feel great, you know what I mean, but it also does wonders for your savings. Right. 
Okay. So what is the fourth virtue? The fourth virtue is patience. And it is very true. Patience is a virtue. (laughs) Um, And the reason why is because as wonderful as index funds are and the, you know, the investment world is for ordinary individuals to take advantage of and to build their wealth, it just takes time. Um, And contrary to what you see in social media with people showcasing all of their wealth and how they were able to do it and quote unquote, you know, one year or one month or whatever, you know, short time span you see circulating the internet, it's really not true. You know, when you want to take advantage of the investment world, particularly with index funds, it's a matter of patience. It's a matter of understanding this is a long-term game. It's a long-term battle. Um, And, you know, it takes years to really get to where you want to go. Hmm. So what what is something that you could tell us that would reaffirm our development of patience? Because I have to say, you know, just as a, a regular girl on Instagram, right? It is so yeah. tempting. I see so many people just like, you know, put $50 in and you'll be rich in three months. And <laughs> like right. we go and we read those comments right. and we're like, is this legit? Even though something deep in my spirit mm-hmm. is like, this is not legitimate, Tiana. Back away. Right, right. I mean, nothing is not even, you know, just building your wealth, but even like I'm sure as you know, as an entrepreneur yourself, like becoming a successful entrepreneur, like everything takes time, it takes work. And so the same applies to money management, the same applies to wealth building. And so, you know, what I would recommend for people who do, you know, it's easier to get caught up in the hype, um, you know, unfollow pages that aren't really serving you or, you know, serving your overall future. So follow people who are real, follow people that, you know, align with your values and, and do that. And that will really help kind of keep your keep your eye focused on the prize um and just tell your just keep telling yourself like you know this is a long-term game this is a long-term game anything worth having takes time and i want to say a quick amen to what you just said unfollow people (laughs) unfollow Mm -hmm. oh my goodness yes Mm -hmm. if everybody could just unfollow people who don't match up with their values or you know where they're really trying to go in life i just feel like our mental health would be in such a better place (laughs) Totally, totally. And, you know, during my own wealth building journey, I actually deleted my Instagram, I deleted my Facebook, and I went an entire year just focusing on my journey. And I think that played a huge role in my own success um, and my continued success with wealth building. Wow. Talk about putting your head down and like really doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. It takes a strong person. So kudos for that. For real. It was hard. For real. (laughs) It was hard, but yeah, it was worth it. I never thought I'd say this, but email marketing, (laughs) it really is a big deal. Seriously, call me a convert, but over the past few months, I've realized how important it is to have your own digital real estate, which is basically your website plus an email list. And where do I keep my email list? (laughs) Flowdesk. I mean, I'm not going to get too nerdy about this, but it's basically the most intuitive, design-friendly email platform that gives you unlimited everything. Yeah, these are not the scumbags who increase your monthly fee just because you're winning and growing your email list like you're supposed to. Plus, it was founded by two women, and I kind of think that's perfect for March. Trust me, build your email list out and wow your people with the freaking most beautiful templates ever. Not to worry, I've got you covered with the code per usual. You can use Tiana50. That's T-I-A-N-N-A-5-0. And you're not going to pay $38 a month. You're going to pay 19 
forever. I don't think it gets more cost effective than this, my friend. Tiana 50 and you're set for life. You're welcome. Okay, so let's let's dive into some practical tips um, for our audience today. What is one simple thing that anybody can do today that would improve their finances? Yeah, you know, this is an interesting one. I would say that it's really important when you start this journey, it's important to manage your expectations. Um, and it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about in terms of you know, a lot of social media mm-hmm. hype. I think it's easy and um, yeah, it's really easy to get online and feel inspired to build your wealth. You can go, you can check out a bunch of financial coaches and entrepreneurs and whatnot, um, but it's a lot harder in practice. And my favorite example of this is like when I think of someone who wants to go, you know, lose a lot of weight or get mm-hmm. fit. It's easy in theory, right? Like all I need to do is just eat healthy and go to the gym, but it's a lot harder in practice. And so I think that, people who are really ready to begin their journey, you just have to understand that it's not going to be as easy as it may initially appear. And that's okay. But I think managing your expectations as a first place is like the very first place you should start. And then after that, it's important for you to start, you know, looking at where you can cut your spending. That should be the very first thing that you start to do to improve your financial life. Hmm. Do you have, um, based on what you've seen, especially among young adults, is there an area of spending that you see is just more outrageous than others, typically? Yeah, you know, um, a lot of people spend on subscriptions to various things. It doesn't necessarily have to mean like Netflix and Hulu, but people are like subscribed to like these these like uh, packages, like these the monthly packages that you can get from from certain businesses where you get like, you know, clothes oh, and stuff like that. On, on, all uh, the boxes. <laughs> yeah, all the boxes. Yeah. Um, and there's so many, so I wouldn't even know how to describe them, but like the subscription boxes um, and also a lot of people spend on really expensive gym memberships. People spend a lot of money on groceries more than they need to. So a lot of things are just done in excess. And I would say it's a really good place to start there. When you are looking at cutting spending, you should look at the things that you don't really need and start okay. with that. Is there any, especially if you're not using it, right? No, no worries. Is there any, um, you know, system or software or just like process that you recommend for people to even get kind of that big picture perspective of where their money is going? Yeah, you know, um, Mint has been really helpful for me and a lot of my mm-hmm. clients. Um, you know, it breaks down your spending and tells you, you know, what percentage is going into what category, which is nice. Um, it also keeps you informed about your current credit score, um, and you can set goals within in the app. And so it's nice because it kind of reminds you if you're if you're going over a certain category, if you've set like a fifty dollar limit for food, uh, for food, it'll say to you like, oh, you know, you're past that limit by fifteen dollars or, or whatever amount. So Mint is really really helpful. And I always recommend people to keep an eye on their credit score just to make sure that um, it is being appropriately monitored. Mm-hmm. And so I would recommend like Credit Karma for something like okay. that. And so we've yeah. talked about how people can start, you know, start this financial literacy journey, right? Now, right. I'm curious if you have heard any financial myths that you want to kind of warn people about as they get started on this journey that are more harmful than helpful. Yeah, um, there are two main ones that I think are more harmful than helpful. And the first one, you know, we touched on it earlier was just that it's complicated. And I think it's important for people to understand that finance is as complicated as you 
make it to be. Um, if you think about a savings account, right? Like we use it to save, but if you want to learn the nitty gritty details about how the government uses the money that you put in your savings account and how the interest is generated and blah, 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 you make it more complicated, or you could just open a savings account and save. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And so the same, the same applies for investing. Like you could understand all of the nitty gritty details about how it works and why, and why the appreciation happens on an, on an annual basis and yada, 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 or you could just invest. And so I think people have this fear because they think investing is so much more complicated than it really is. And that is just, it's a myth. It's a complete myth. And then the second myth I would say is we have a misconception as to what wealth building looks like. In this day and age, we are constantly seeing people flexing on social media in their nice homes, their nice cars, their nice vacations. And we have a very skewed idea of what it means to be wealthy. A lot of times wealthy looks like the neighbor next door in a white t-shirt and Mm -hmm. jeans, right? Not somebody who's actually spending so much money on superficial items. The reality of the situation is if you, you know, make a million dollars a year and you spend a million dollars a year, you're still broke. And so the people who end up being wealthy aren't the people who are spending on excess items. It's the people who are using their excess their excess cash to put it into investing in their future. I absolutely like that is a quotable moment. I absolutely love what you just said. If you make a million dollars a year and spend a million dollars a year, you're still broke. Love that. That Yes, that is the epitome of exact. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I just had an obsessed moment. (laughs) Okay. Let's let's shift gears a little bit because look, I know you're an entrepreneur, right? And you've been building your Mm -hmm. own business from the ground up. So I want to hear a little bit Mm -hmm. about, you know, given the industry that you've chosen and just given where you are in life right now, what has that journey looked like for you so far? Yeah, you know, it's been it's been really incredible to see the progress. I've always have dreamt of becoming a business owner from as young as I can remember. And be, like I just started financially brave within the past 6 months and so so much has happened to me in such a short amount of time and it's been really incredible to see the feedback that I've been getting from the financial community and yeah, the growth of my business. But at the same time, it's also been, you know, very challenging. I've there's been a lot of internal growth that I've had to do. I'm, you know, a rather shy, I'm a private, introverted individual. Um, and so putting myself on such a large platform that is Instagram and Facebook and having to really just put myself out there has been difficult um, and frightening all, all in one. But it's been, it's been incredible to see how I'm growing as an individual and see how my business is growing as an individual, as, right. as a company. So I am curious how, because you started a financial company, right? Like that is your industry. So how has your knowledge of finance impacted the way you've kind of already structured things up front in your young business? Right. Well, the thing is, is I understand the value of a dollar. And so I'm very mindful as to how I am spending and managing my money as an entrepreneur. And so you know, when it comes to my business and, you know, my, my main platform right now is Instagram. That's where I, you know, I meet people and I, and I get clients. Um, I've, I've saved a lot of money in not necessarily looking at the aesthetics of my business. I'm not paying somebody to design my page. I'm not paying somebody to really, you know, tell me how, what direction I should be going in terms of what I'm talking about. I just focus on delivering good content to my audience. And because I am, you know, 
I don't want to use the term stingy. I feel like that's really strong, but I'm very frugal with my, <laughs> I'm very frugal about money. And I understand how, you know, spending could, could lead to some problems if I'm not responsible with it. I've just made sure to apply that to my business by cutting costs wherever I can. And I'm, I'm all about the content and not necessarily about like the infrastructure at this point in okay, time. Okay. I got you. Yeah. For yeah. the money that you've invested in your business so far, do you have like two or three yeah. things that you did invest some money in and you don't regret it? Yes. Um, I invested in a okay. website. I've invested in um, a mailing list that I'm actually going to launch in the next few weeks, which is really exciting. Um, and I've invested in coaching. Those are the fundamentals. I I understand why those are your yeah. three and I respect that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to take each day with a grain of salt or not a grain of salt, but take each day mm -hmm. step by step and um, focus on just giving the content to my audience and focusing on that and focusing on honing in on my message, focusing it in on touching people and uh, sharing with people and then taking it and increasing my growth from there versus trying to create this amazing, you know, beautiful page that isn't delivering what it should be at right. this point in time. I think that what yeah. you're kind of cautioning us against is very tempting. So I love that this has come up in the conversation <laughs> because even I fall into it. I think I did an audit of my own page a few months back and yeah. I was like, wow, your page looks nice, Tiana, but uh, nobody knows what you do. <laughs> mm -hmm. I was like, nobody knows what yeah. you paid so much money to learn in school. Like you're not even talking about it. Yeah, yeah. And my friends, you know, they tease me all the time because I'll, I'll make my, you know, Instagram TV videos and they're like, well, it's not professional. You don't have like, you know, uh, you know, professional lighting and a professional camera. And I'm, it's incredible to see the feedback that the rest of my audience gives me though. They love it. It's just about giving, it's about delivering content to your followers and to your audience that resonates with them. And so I focus my time, I focus my energy on that. And I know I'll need to spend more money in the future to continue to build out my brand and to build out my business. But at this point in time, I'm more focused on honing in on my message and making sure that I'm, that um, it's reaching a lot Absolutely. of people. Absolutely. And as, as somebody who has yeah. taken in your content and I have been on your page for many minutes at a time, mm -hmm. I will, I will reaffirm mm -hmm. that idea that we literally do not care. Like keep teaching on your whiteboard yeah. girl, because if we're getting the message, we're getting the <laughs> message. Okay. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. So, um, I, I would say for people who are interested in investing in systems, you know, have, have your website, have your email. So there's, there's way for, there's ways for people to contact you, but invest in your mind, invest in your mindset and in your growth. And that's going to take you the gotcha. furthest. Um, I'm curious, yeah. is there anything that you did invest in that you regret or have you been just so buttoned up? You have no regrets yet. I do have a few regrets. Um, in the very, very beginning of launching Financially Brave, I was using a third-party platform to help me with like miscellaneous emails that I was going to put in my um, my mailing subscription list. And I feel like what had happened at that point in time for me was I was just so eager to kind of to jump from step one to step five without doing steps two, three, four in, be in, in between. And so... Um, my biggest regret is just kind of dishing out money for something I wasn't ready to do in the first place. If I had five followers, there's no reason for me to reach out to someone to create a mailing, uh, a, a list of emails for my mailing list when I don't even have that in the first place. Um, and so I think for me, it was just more so 
taking more time to let my business develop and let my my growth happen before spending money on things mm. that I didn't need. Back to patience, right? That's one of the virtues. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's it's amazing because the, the virtues actually apply to entrepreneurship. You know, it's not just wealth building, but also as an entrepreneur, you have to be committed to your journey. You have to have courage. You know, you have to be patient. And so it's interesting to see how that journey has Um, my journey of wealth has actually paralleled greatly with my journey as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So as entrepreneurs, are there any Mm -hmm. systems um, like bookkeeping or anything like, honestly, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't have none of it set up. So coach me, coach me right now. (laughs) What systems should we put in place ASAP? I use Excel to manage a lot of my things, including the budgeting templates that I send out to my clients, but also tracking any sort of income that's going in and out of my business. I use Excel Um, and I, they're completely self-made systems. So it's not like I'm, you know, I haven't purchased anything from any other platforms. Uh, I think, and at this point in time, it's, it's me being frugal and just spending where I feel is necessary. It's been working. You know, you have your little, you have your little program calculator to do everything that you need on Excel. And that's, it's been working fine for me for the past six months. So I'm going to put you on the spot here. When it comes to uh, tracking things in Excel, as entrepreneurs, what are the types of things that are in your spreadsheet? Any sort of costs that are leaving the business. So if you're spending something on, it could be a one-time cost to access a platform that you may need. I haven't done that in a little bit, but um, at one point I was. I was using Mm -hmm. um, Fiverr. And so any costs that involved with Fiverr, I was tracking on Excel. Any income I'm generating from my clients, I'm tracking in Excel. And... Yeah, any invoices, but I haven't, it's been a while. So right now it's just mainly tracking the income coming in, in my business and then tracking how it's leaving my um, business account and into my personal account. Well, well that's because you're doing it right. It sounds like that's because you're doing it right. <laughs> you're keeping expenses low while you build. So you don't have much coming out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I know that's not like a traditional answer, but I, I'm really more so just focusing on, on keeping my costs very low and doing things that I can do on my own um, right. to save money. Well, I'm curious though, what are your yeah. feelings in terms of reinvesting? So let's say you have kept your expenses low and you've really just been stacking it mm-hmm. up on those invoices lately, right? So let's say now it's mm-hmm. time that you could upgrade a platform or maybe get some excuse me, some professional photos taken or something like that. So how do you feel Mm -hmm. about reinvesting? I think reinvesting is everything. And that is how anyone can get their business to expand and move to the next level. And even for myself, you know, I'm already looking into additional coaching. I'm looking into platforms now that I would like to start launching in the next few weeks or so for my clients. Um, And so I'm using the income that I'm getting from my my um, coaching and putting it towards that. And I think anyone who wants to grow should be using that money to further their business if that's what they're looking to do. Um, and so I would never really recommend for someone who is an entrepreneur and is serious about seeing their business go to another level to use the income that they're generating from it to go to something else that wouldn't serve them right, I in get the long that. haul. And so um, coaching, I think, is everything. I think it's important to learn from people who are or have been where you're looking to go. And you can do that at a very affordable price via books, but also it's great to it's great to invest in coaching as well if you know somebody or 
um, you're aware of someone who has delivered results to either a friend or a colleague, or it's, it's been highly recommended online, I would absolutely recommend that you dish out, you know, the extra $2,000 to work with somebody who can actually take you to where you want to go. And I actually, I completely agree with you on that point. And I would like to reiterate it for everybody listening that coaching is one of the things, it is one of the major things that we can all reinvest our profits into because I have a coach, I'm in Mm -hmm. a group coaching situation right now. And I think that is a little bit Mm -hmm. easier on the wallet uh, for some people, but it's definitely still helpful because for me, and this is me personally, the advice that they give, obviously worth every penny, but also the accountability. There's not many other situations um, that I have found. I have a few friends, but there's just a different type of accountability that comes in with coaching. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's an amazing investment. Okay. I'm Mm -hmm. curious, does any (laughs) any of the topics, any of the advice that we've covered so far today, does any of it change for entrepreneurs who are not even profitable yet? Because there's a lot of them out there. Let's be honest. Not, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Not really. I think when uh, you are starting out as an entrepreneur, it's most important, whether you're profitable or not, that you just, you're in it for the long haul and you're committed to the process, you're committed to the challenges um, of becoming profitable. Uh, It takes time, it takes a lot of energy and a lot of a lot of mental endurance, but you can get there. Um, And so I would just recommend investing in yourself, whether it be, you know, reading some books or listening to podcasts, whatever you can do to kind of feed your mind, feed your inspiration on a consistent basis will take you to where you need to go. Um, And you'll get there. You will get there as long as you are passionate about what you're talking about. Love it. Okay. What other (laughs) advice do you have for entrepreneurs who want to start out on the right financial foot? I would say, excuse me, I would say cut costs wherever you can. Um, Focus on your message and look at the feedback that you're getting from what you're putting out into the world, into society via social media or, you know, your website or whatever platform that you're using. Um, I think if you want to start on the financial foot, you must start there. Uh, Don't get caught up in shiny things because you'll end up going down a rabbit hole with that. Focus on your message, focus on your content focus on your delivery and see what works, go with that. And then once you've been able to kind of hone in on what's working, then you can start to spend on building out your infrastructure. Amazing, amazing advice. It's like walk Mm -hmm. before you can run. (laughs) And I'm I'm telling you, I was a sprinter in high school. So I'm just like, where are my spikes? I'm ready to go. (laughs) And the world is like, Tiana, no, no, no. Walk. Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard to be ambitious in this day and age just because you're constantly seeing people on a higher pedestal than you or on a higher higher level than you, someone who's already been where you want to go. And so you're constantly like, it feels like you can never get to the finish line, you know, because it's, it's always being pushed back. And so you're sprinting, you know, but it's, it's just not how it works. You just got to take your time, got to go through your process, focus on you, focus on your growth and you'll, and you'll get yeah, to where you need to that's go. That's it. So is is there anything I missed yeah. that you wish I would have asked you about as we wrap up today's conversation? No, I think it's just important for individuals to who are interested in investing to to I really want to stress the importance of not being intimidated by the matter and um, look at it as you would look at a savings account or checkings account. Just open your index fund, contribute to it, 
and you know the rest is history. You know you'll you'll do very well. And so I, I don't want people to feel intimidated by the topic um, of that or being an entrepreneur. It's just you know committing to your journey, and everything will work out accordingly as long as you are, you know, you're passionate about it and you're serious about making it. So to wrap up, I'm going to try to summarize and tell me if I'm wrong here. Yes. So what we need to do, entrepreneur or not, right? We need to reevaluate where our money is mm-hmm. going. We need to cut costs, mm-hmm. cut spending that is unnecessary, whether it's personal or for mm-hmm. business. We need to save. Mm-hmm. We need to potentially invest in an index fund. And if we don't fully understand, get some get somebody to help us um, accomplish that and really mm-hmm. just have the four virtues. And remind us what those four virtues are again. It's commitment, courage, gratitude, patience. If you stick with those virtues, even if you do not know where you're going or what you are doing at this moment, as long as you're committed to figuring it out and you follow the remaining virtues, you will get to where you need to go. And I think that is the perfect note to end today's conversation on. So Alexis, tell us where we can find you in all the places. Yes, um, you can find me on social media, Instagram. um, My handle is Financially Brave. You can also find me on Facebook at Financially Brave or you can email me at Alexis at Financially Brave. Um, And I will be launching a website in the next few weeks and that will be accessible via my social media. Thank you so much for speaking this financial literacy life into the Tide audience today. I already know we are all going to be forever grateful (laughs) for this. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.